Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Monsters Who Murder, Serial Killer Confessions. Police found 27 corpses. Australia's worst serial killer. Even though I didn't want to get in the car, I had to. With Amanda Howard and Robert McKnight. Hello there, I'm Rob McKnight and welcome to Monsters Who Murder, Serial Killer Confessions. Well, it is my absolute pleasure to bring in the serial killer whisperer, true crime author and criminologist. You call her Amanda Howard. I call her the birthday girl. Hello, Amanda. (laughs) Oh, thank you, Robert. I thought you'd forgotten. (laughs) Well, based on my previous history, I can understand why you you thought that. And I'm not going to mention that someone might have given me a nudge, nudge, wink, wink to your birthday yesterday. (laughs) Okay, thanks, Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> now, Amanda, this is an interesting case we're covering today, isn't it? It's got a bit of a, a an interesting twist. It certainly does, and it's it's not a case that a lot, lot of people know about. So it's it's quite a good one for this channel, so we can see how she changes during the interview. Oh, fabulous! Well, it all starts in East Hills, Pittsburgh. At 6.07pm on April 5, 2018, that's when 23-year-old Janaya Pratt called 911. Now, she explained to the operator that she had gone to check on her daughter, 17-month-old Charlotte Napatelli. She was in the apartment, that was their home, and found her unconscious. When paramedics arrived, it was obvious that Charlotte was likely beyond saving, being cold to the touch and was cyanotic. That means there's blue around the mouth from a lack of oxygen. But they worked on her nonetheless until they got her to hospital, where she was unfortunately pronounced dead on arrival. As this was the death of a young child, police immediately began an investigation into her mother and the mother's boyfriend, Albert Williams. Williams walked the police through his day. He had claimed that he was watching Charlotte that day while Pratt went to class. At lunchtime, he gave the toddler some lunch and the sippy cup from the fridge that appeared to have red drink in it. Two hours later, with Charlotte in the car, he picked up Pratt and dropped the two of them at home. During the autopsy, pathology results showed that Charlotte had consumed a lethal dose of fentanyl. Pratt was arrested in July and was interrogated. Now, Amanda, the room setup is quite the norm to what we're used to. There's two detectives in the room with Pratt. The camera's on her right. She's facing one of the officers. She's smoking during the beginning of the interrogation, which is, I find, really interesting for 2018. But there's also some handcuffs on the floor beside one of the detectives. Now, this suggests they were either removed before the recording begins or they're there to arrest her at the end of it. <laughs> I know. Imagine walking into a room where you think you're just going to have an interview about a, something that happened several months ago and that, you know, it's just, just sort of close the case down and everything and to realise that mm. there's handcuffs in there. Um, I think it probably put her a little off, off ease, but I'm not sure at this point. 
Okay, well, let's have a look at how the interview begins. This is the very first moments the recording starts. Um, where did she, did she fall asleep in her bedroom? She came and got up on the couch with me. Mm -hmm. So you guys took a nap? We barely, couch. we barely fell asleep. By the time I was actually, you know, like dozing off, Miss Vernon was knocking at the door. I have to say, Amanda, Janae seems pretty calm about being there. Yeah, I mean, it's to the point that she could have just been telling them what she'd ordered from McDonald's that day or mm. something. She's very calm. She really is just sort of taking this as, yep, you know, we were asleep on the lounge and then child services arrived, you know, very plainly. Now, it is a couple of months later, but you would expect her to be, um, you know, upset to be talking about this again and again and again. But here mm. she is smoking a cigarette and just being absolutely calm and easy over, over it all. Yeah, I'm intrigued as to where this one's going to go because Janaya then explains how she moved Charlotte while child services were there. And at that time you put her in her bedroom or left her on the couch? At this time I had picked her up because she was laying with me on the couch. I'm not sure if she was on top of me or beside me at that point. Yeah. Um, I picked her up and I laid her on the couch. And I opened the door, and I came to get her off the couch, and I put her on her bed. Um, that detective doesn't seem to have much to talk about. And is that notepad pretty much blank? <laughs> um, well, basically, he is there to talk about that there's fentanyl in that baby um, somehow, and he's assuming it's come from, from the sippy cup, which you're going to hear the term sippy cup about 400 times during this episode, unfortunately. But um, he, he really just has fentanyl in found in the autopsy. That's all that he knows. Now, up until that point, they assumed that it could have been maybe um, a child abuse, that it could have been a sudden infant death, but they did not no, they had no idea that they were going to find such a lethal drug in this baby's system. So that's all he needs to know is how she gave the baby this this drug. And um, so his notes are just there just for him to play with it and, and to write things on as they discuss. It's not about what he's going to throw at her. I mean, because, we'll, I mean, we've done cases that have been so intricate and there's 400 different parts of it and mm. the next one that we're doing next week is exactly the same. There's so many tiny mm. pieces involved, but this one is baby ingested sippy, um, fentanyl in sippy cup. Oh, case closed. We'll head off. Uh, no, we'll <laughs> see how it goes. Um, because they then talk about Charlotte's lunch and that sippy cup. So this is where we start to get to the crux of what's happening. Did you, did she eat or drink anything? My boyfriend told me he made fish sticks mm -hmm. and I want to say like French fries or something. Okay. No, I'm that was earlier in the day when you guys got back. Did she mm -hmm. eat or drink anything? No, she didn't eat or drink anything. She had left her, he said she she didn't want her sippy cup before they walked out the door to come and get me. So he left the sippy cup there. This is interesting to me. He's got nothing written on his notepad and she's got no emotion. But what is her body language telling us, Amanda? 
Well, as we did mention, she's actually a smoker. So smokers talk a lot with their hands because it's just something that, that they always have there. I'm not a smoker, but I do talk with my hands. Um, and what is going on, though, is that she's got her, her hands locked between her thighs and, and her knees tied together. So this is a kind of emotion that's used to sort of stop fidgeting and it's sort of a, a conscious way to do it. So she knows that if she was moving her hands around like she was a couple of seconds earlier, that things would start to look a bit more shaky. She'd be, you know, concerned about where this is going now because this isn't just that, okay, we're just closing this now. We've just got a few more questions. This is, tell me about this sippy cup. Tell me what she ate. Tell me. And so she's starting to realise that something's going on, but she is keeping it mm. it's very bland and very plain on top. But we can see that she's starting to, to um, crouch down. Her shoulders are now rounded, and she's trying to sort of make herself smaller. It's, it's an attempt to sort of – you know, I can't leave this place, so I make myself small. Think about, like, you know, um, a tiny animal when a great big hawk comes. They shrink down to try and make themselves a smaller target. That's what she's literally doing there. Okay, so we've already seen a change. She's come in smoking the ciggy, thinking, yeah, yeah, whatever, just going through the motions here. She's starting to realise, hang on, they're bringing up food, sippy cup. She's realising this isn't just a recap of the day or to give them more or perhaps even give her more information about the investigation. She's realising that they are asking specifics here and she's getting worried and, as you said, clamming up. Absolutely, and that's exactly what we're seeing. Yeah, yeah, and mm. and that this is what happens. People um, do things like this to, to sort of change what is going to be innate, things that they are going to do in this sort of situation, and so they try and shut it down, and that's what she's doing. She's trying to think about the things like trying to think about um, French fries. It shouldn't be that hard to, to recall, but she's trying to make things fit into this scenario to try and fill that, that, that gap because, as we can see, that the detective's just going, yep, yep, yep. Right. Well, talking about specifics, the officer then asked more specifics about the cup. Which specific cup was that? To my knowledge, it should have been the pink one. Uh, Amanda, uh, you, you'll, this is a, you, you've stopped at six seconds in. I know you've probably spotted something, but I want to see what's going on. I'm sorry. I feel like this too when I watch these clips and I'm trying to make them longer so you guys don't have to hear me the whole time, but it's 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 things like this that I jump on. So she said, to my knowledge. Now, that's a quantifier that someone uses mm. to to um, to um, exaggerate a point. So she is saying this to say, you know, I'm pretty sure that this is what it is and, and you have to go with this because this is what I'm telling you. And often people do that when they're actually lying or trying to get out of something, and that's what she's doing. And um, if you have people who say that a lot in your life, that's a big red flag. Um, it's, it's interesting you say <laughs> that because the lawyer – who signed off the um, documents to the National Archives for Donald Trump saying that all the documents had been returned, she specifically added the words to my knowledge or to the best of my knowledge because she did not absolutely know that all the documents had been returned. She was signing it off for another lawyer and she said, I am not going to be held responsible if there are more documents. And she put that clause in. And I bring that up to reinforce what the words to my knowledge mean. It is a not only a legal thing, but people use it so they can't be accused of lying. 
Exactly, because they then say, oh, that's what I thought happened. So that's why they say it. So if it comes back and he goes, no, it was the blue cup, she can say, oh, well, I just thought it was the pink cup. So I just went with that because that's what I thought. And this is what they do. This is a get out of jail free card sort of statement to, to do. And this is why people use it because they're coming across as, as, um, uh, important they know what's happened and this is what's going on but when you throw it back at them they go yeah but that's what i thought and mm. this is why it's something that if someone puts that to you you need to bounce back and say like are you sure 100 percent not you think so tell me now is this everything or not it should be a yes or no question and that's why they throw it in there because yeah as you said legally they can go back later and say well i thought that that's what was happening this is what i knew and it's not always the truth yeah i've just realized that in this podcast you learn a bit about serial killers criminals and politicians and we could have a <laughs> we could have a uh, new podcast monsters in office <laughs> do you, i love the body language of of politicians when i did the um couple of slides and stuff that that i did in our patreon facebook group um a lot of politicians were, were my examples to, to use in in particular um bill clinton and donald trump both of those have very telling um body language ticks that are very interesting to see as well as other ones like the leonardo da vinci point and things like that that do come up mm. but that i'm sorry i was about to start that whole podcast episode on that <laughs> <laughs> well that just shows you why you should be a member of patreon just go to patreon.com slash mwm confessions for a little as little as five dollars you can get early access to new episodes or for the ten dollar tier you can get bonus material twenty dollars will get you a video cast with a group video cast once a month and the $50 tier will get you a one-on-one -on -one with Amanda as well as hopefully a mug when we can work out some supply issues because we've recently been told that our content violates our printings, uh, our printer's code of conduct. Yes, the Monsters Who Murder Cups, Amanda. I went to print up some new ones for our $50 patrons and got told they violate the terms and conditions of Vistaprint. We've, we've, oh my we've, I can't tell you how many cups we've had printed through them. Um, I And I've had like Jeffrey Dahmer posters and stuff printed through them. So um, I don't know why our logo. <laughs> our logo. It's literally our logo on this background behind me. That was the, <laughs> uh, I tell you what, and when I can't argue the point and win, you know there's a problem. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're very convincing. Well, there might be someone out there that might tell us who's a better printer that we can go through, especially like a small Aussie company or something that would like our, that ships our internationally. business. I do a lot of books. Yeah, yeah that ships internationally, <laughs> yes, because we have, we have people all over the world that I get to chat to. All right, enough of our production meetings on the air. <laughs> Um, but do go to just do go to uscreen.com. No, I'm doing uscreen now. Go to patreon.com slash MWM confessions, or if you do want the video tier uh, only, go to mwm.uscreen.io. Oh, Got to work out my place. <laughs> Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. <laughs> 
All right, the officer tries to confirm that it was the pink sippy cup, and I must apologise. We are going to hear the term sippy cup a thousand more times, as Amanda warned you, but here's some more of the S-E cup. Pink sippy cup? And where was that located? I'm not even sure. I wasn't there. Did he have that or did she have it? It was left. It was left there. She didn't want it on the way out the door. Ooh, she's getting a bit angry there. It sounds like she's getting a little impatient. Yeah, because she's probably thinking we've been through this before because she thinks they're talking about the day, not the legal um, issue with this sippy cup. And as she says, you know, he did it, not me, you know, and she didn't want it. So um, this is obviously a child that loves her sippy cup because there are several ones that she could have been drinking. The fact that she had refused to drink it suggests there was something wrong with it, but no one bothered to check if they hadn't done it, um, which we will get to. But it's it's just strange that she's now, you know, making it very short. She's not trying to fill things with extra words and things like that. She's just going through it saying, well, I didn't give it to her. You know, it was just done and, and ready yet. The, um, Albert has already said that uh, the cup was filled in, in the fridge. Yeah. I don't know where this goes, but literally if you wanted to do something, you fill it with fentanyl, the kid's favourite sippy cup, as a dad, I'd go, oh, my yeah. wife's already put some liquid in there for her. Uh, it's a favourite sippy cup. It's in the fridge. It's good to go. I'd absolutely pull it out and give it to the kid. Absolutely, 100%. And so that's what they need to get to is who put what into this sippy cup and when. Mm. Well, Jenea then explains coming home from school with Charlotte and where the all-important sippy cup was. Okay, when you say on the way out the door, you mean? When they left to come and get me from okay. school. Okay, when you came back, did she, that pink sippy cup, do you remember what it was? I didn't even see the sippy cup. Did you give her the sippy cup at all? I didn't see the sippy cup. Okay. Do you remember it being in her, in her bedroom, that sippy cup? I think I might have found the sippy cup on the way to... I'm not sure. I just remember, I believe, putting the sippy cup in her bed with her. Okay. This is interesting, isn't it? She's not sure for most of it, but then I am certain I've given her the daughter the sippy cup. Yeah, you know, and, and we can see that there's pauses there, which mm. is her trying to remember things, which is what you expect to see at times. And other times it's like because they're trying to construct a lie. So, you know, it, it can be both. And th this is why this sort of stuff is, is such a gray area, you know, but she starts by being adamant that she has no idea, you know, absolutely no idea. I didn't give her the sippy cup. And then she starts to fill in those blanks, you know, and this is what people um, in interrogations do, and this is how they get caught, is that we do want to fill those gaps in conversation. We, we don't like awkward silences. No one really does. And so to fill those blanks, we often fill in details because we want it to be coherent and we want it to be like the full story. We, we don't want to yeah, say, right. um, I don't know where the sippy cup was, but I know I gave it to her later. You know, we want to say that not like, oh, I picked up the sippy cup from here. I gave it to her then. This is what happened to her next. We don't we don't want to do that. We want to have it more sort of together. And so when people are interrogations, they will add things in. It could be a lie. It could be hoping to, to make it work. I mean, this is why witness statements are very 
frowned upon purely because people want to please. They want to give you the full story. They they may not remember what the eyebrows look like, but they'll give you what they think they might have looked like because that's what they think, not that's exactly how they looked. And so when detectives can see that that's an, a, an option for people to go down, they do start to be quiet to see what the person is, is going mm. to say during this argument. You know, and it can be tiny things that uh, can pull a case apart or it could be a huge thing that they go oh no I didn't do that like I didn't fill the sippy cup but we don't know which way it's going to go until she sort of starts talking more than what she's doing because we're seeing her using some of these um uh un un untruthful quantifiers but then at the same time saying I don't know anything so mm. it's it's a bit odd well We've talked about where the sippy cup was when it was given to the child. Now the detective is going to turn to the contents of the sippy cup. Did you put anything in the sippy cup? No, there was a red liquid in it, and I know we had huggies. Yeah, I remember seeing some huggies in there. To, my, to be more specific, happy drink huggies. Is that what they're called? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, did you... When you were living, I mean, I'm just going to show you the, the picture. This is um, is this the same sippy cup you're thinking of? Mm -hmm. Now, did you have put liquid in there um, earlier in the day? Yes. You did. Mm -hmm. Okay. Was that the same sippy cup that you put the liquid in? Was it was before you went to school, when you got home from school, or? I put a, a different juice drink in there, and she had a complete fit, and she didn't drink it. Okay. So how the red liquid got in, he changed her sippy cup when he fed her. Okay. He said she drank a little bit and threw it. Okay. Now, this is interesting. So the Huggies Happy Drink is basically like cordial, um, some juices that come in a variety of colours. Obviously, we're talking about the red one was the one that the daughter is alleged to have drunk. Uh, that's what um, she believed she was drinking, but obviously we now know there was fentanyl there. Something doesn't make sense to me. She says she put in some other drink and Charlotte refused to drink it, so she changed it out for happy drink, but when she refused it the next time after Janae gave it to her that afternoon... She left it in even though she tried to throw it away, but then she says that the boyfriend refilled it with the happy drink. I'm confused. <laughs> What's the truth? Well, exactly, and that's what we're here to find out. Um, but we, we often know of when um, our children refuse drinks, and you know, like it could be like the milk's a bit sour or or something. And so you do investigate that. But she's like saying, yep, no, nah, have no idea how 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 whatever got in it because she is unaware of the fentanyl right now in this interrogation. She likely knows exactly what was in it. But um, what we're seeing is that she is the doting mum who then went and swapped the drink out. But as you said before, she said that Albert had done it earlier. So mm -hmm. we're, the, the story's starting to change. But also she's bored. She's sitting in that interrogation now with her chin in her hand. And I say to people, if you're chairing a meeting and people are sitting like that, stop it and send an email because no one is listening. When you have to hold up your head, that means that you are bored. And she's literally there talking about her dead baby 
and she's showing that she's now, you know, I'm uninterested in having this conversation. I just want to get out of here. Is she uninterested because of possibly being involved here and doesn't want to go down this line of questioning or is she literally bored? She still doesn't know where they're going. She right. still has no idea what is to come. So right now she's playing, you know, I don't know that this is just standard question that they've asked me a hundred times before. I'm bored and stupid. She's she's trying to fake that she knows nothing about what's actually about to come. Okay. Well, she continues to try and fill in the gaps, but the detective changes his line of questioning away from the sippy cup for a moment. Oh, that's a pickup. Okay. Um, when you lived at that address, um, did you get anything delivered in the mail from overseas? I had just ordered her entire room from Walmart. I don't know if that came from overseas or not. Well, Walmart won it. I'm saying, like, did you order anything that maybe that might not have that might have been out of the ordinary? Any type of anything from a different country? No, my mother purchased the baby gate that was in her room. Okay. I believe she purchased that from Walmart. Also, there would be no reason like you would get any packages, say, from China or from Japan or anything like that. Like, directly from them? Yeah. I don't think so. Because your knowledge, you... I ordered everything from Walmart. Okay. Okay. Well, I think I know what he's getting at. Did you order some fentanyl? (laughs) Exactly. That's what he's trying to get at. And he is so sort of blasé about it and frustrated because he wants to scream, I'm talking about the fentanyl. That's what I want to hear, <laughs> not about baby furniture from Walmart. And it's just, you can see that he doesn't want to say it yet. He wants to have this big mm. reveal happen. So he's trying to lead her there and she's not biting. She is well, not going to give up anything. Blind Freddy. <laughs> knew where he was leading you, even Stevie Wonder, although Stevie Wonder's not blind and we need to cover that in a conspiracy theory podcast because I can prove that Stevie Wonder isn't blind, but that's for another time. Oh, I'm there. Uh, I'm there for that. Oh, maybe we'll do that on uh, Patreon. Uh, anyway, um, when that line of questioning doesn't work, the detective returns once again to the all-important sippy cup. Um. So just to be clear, the, the, the stuff that was in that sippy cup, you did put in or you did not? I did not. Okay. Okay. Do you have any idea um, well, I mean, I'm just going to cut. I'm just going to be blunt here. Your child died from fentanyl poisoning. So why does CYF tell me hypoxic cardiac arrest? Um, interesting response. <laughs> yep. <laughs> interesting response from the point of view that you would have thought, okay, he's updating me with new information, not to go back and say, well, you told me it was this. 
it, it defies belief. There is, I watched that section so many times because the response child had been, what? Like, what's fentanyl? Or how did she mm. get that? Or why do they think that? Or no, there's no possible way. It's like, no, but why does it say that she had hy- hypoxic cardiac arrest? Um, because uh, going into clinical things, people die not of what they have, but what it induces so um you know if if someone dies by hanging they usually die from cardiac arrest and things like that um but there's no denial there's no um confusion there's no wait what hang on a sec what's going on here there is nothing she sits there for a couple of seconds and then says and says um so the hypoxic cardiac arrest or, or whatever it was it's so amazing that she that was her response. Like mm. he had no way to get there gently and to make it build. So he just went straight in with it and she comes straight back with, with her response. She was ready for that question. Interesting. Let's see how the detective answers her question. Well, I mean, I'm just going to cut. I'm just going to be blunt here. Your child died from fentanyl poisoning. So why did CYF tell me hypoxic cardiac arrest? There weren't weren't lab results then. So I'm going to explain this to you, okay? In that sippy cup was fentanyl. In her blood was fentanyl. We just got these results back. It's the same type of fentanyl that people are overdosing every day in Pittsburgh and dying from. Same exact type. Okay. So I need to know how the fentanyl got in the sippy cup. Because right now it's not an accident. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's an interesting reaction, a grunt, and and that seems to be all she's really going to give. Really, Amanda? Well, interestingly enough, before she made that grunt response, she went from uh, chin in the hand to sitting back and putting her hands back between her thighs. So she's trying to get away from this detective. She now wants out of that room. She moved back as far as she could. She's leaning backwards. Her her hands are now tight again. She Mm. has totally now changed, and all she could get out was that sound. That's all that she had available at that moment because she didn't, have the words that she had or or could construct that would be different to what her real reaction internally was well she's being backed into the corner the detective Mm -hmm. he has revealed he's cut to the chase this is the reason why they're there he's now asking her directly about how that drug got into the cup all right so scientifically it's impossible for your daughter to put fentanyl in a sippy cup okay Physically, it's impossible for her to. Scientifically, that's another story. But right now, that's what—that's how she died. It wasn't a heart attack. It wasn't any other reason other than she overdosed on fentanyl, which is the same fentanyl that people in the streets are dying on every single day. How the fentanyl get in the sippy cup, Janine? Just straight fentanyl. Yeah. No emotion, but she asks, was it 
about the fentanyl's full strength. I mean, why is that? Why why isn't she trying to deny it? Not even in the slightest here, Amanda. Well, this could be one of two things. One is that she had no idea and this is actually a shock to her, though her response about the hypoxic cardiac arrest suggests it's not. Um, But she could also have not realised that she'd put full strength into it. Maybe she would give this to the baby to get her to sleep when she was tired, Ah, things like that. That's what I was going to ask because some people have used fentanyl to try and get their bubs to sleep, haven't they? Um, not fentanyl usually, but, um, you know, there's been people that have given their, their children Benadryl and things like that just to get them to sleep through the night but or through fentanyl. the afternoon because usually not fentanyl. That's um, that's a pretty hardcore drug to give, but, you know, okay. when you can get it freely from China apparently. Um, but, yeah, I think she thought she had watered it down. Um, but she hadn't. Okay. Um, well, Janaya then decides to play dumb. So what is it, like a liquid? A, a, a... I'm not a scientist. It comes in a liquid form. It comes in a powder form. I, I'm not exactly sure. But what I am sure of is that that fentanyl was put in a sippy cup and there was liquid mixed into it and it was given to Charlotte and that's how she died. So I need to know how that got in there. Amanda, I know you love your body language, but even I noticed she crossed her arms across her body while the detective made those statements that someone had killed Charlotte. That's defensive mode, right? It is. She's she's mad and she's now blocking. So she is trying to physically make a distance between them where the block. She's still sitting back as well. So she's as far away as she can possibly get in in the location she's in purely because there's a great big wall behind her, you know. But she had probably thought that they hadn't found it by now, that they would never find it. People assume, you know, from TV shows and stuff that they do the bloods, you know, that day and in half an hour during the autopsy, the that the bloods turn up and they and they have their answer. No, this is July 20. The baby died on April 5th. So, you know, it's several months later. And she probably thought if they haven't come to me now, mm. they're not going to come to me at all. You know, but so now it's about her defense. And so her defense is now, what is it? What does it look like? How come it's in the drink? So that's that's what she's going to try as her defense, not knowing anything about what's in that sippy cup. Well, Janiya goes on the defensive and honestly, the story she comes up with now really need to be heard to be believed. I have no knowledge to how fentanyl got in my daughter's tippy cup. Okay. Because you realise right now this investigation has taken a whole different turn. Yeah, clearly. And the when someone gives someone something and they die from it, it's a homicide. She was poisoned intentionally. Okay, well, I've been making complaints to my rent office because I've been smelling a funny smell in my house uh, several times returning back to my house. This is since you've moved or? No, this is living in apartment number five. This is where you used to live? Yes. Okay. Well... That still wouldn't explain how it got in the sippy cup. Well, I'm just as clueless as you are. So are you implicating that I put fentanyl in my child's sippy cup? No. I, I, but based on this timeline, I mean, there's only two people that could have put fentanyl in the sippy cup. Based on what you just told me about 10 minutes ago. And based on the whole timeline of that day. 
I need to know how it got in there. Because this, this investigation is not going away. Okay, and I'm telling you, I returned to my house from being picked up from school, mm -hmm. and I did nothing out of the usual. Okay. We took our stuff off, and she ran around and played, and I'm waiting for my social worker to come. Okay. Um, okay, Amanda, so strange smells put fentanyl in the cup now. I mean, it's... it's where, where, what is she even thinking is is going to come from that? You know, she might be suggesting that there's a drug lab in the area or something like that, but that's not going to put fentanyl into the cup. And he basically just says that. But what she's not doing as well is denying anything. She's not. Um, she's not saying I didn't mm. do it. You know, it's it's about you know, well, it could be this or it could be that. But she's she's trying to make herself blameless but she's not kind of shifting the blame either so you know most people would go yep no wasn't me i have no idea go and find the person that killed my yeah. child speaking of which she calls her my child she never uses charlotte's name in this whole entire interrogation huh. which is a big screaming red flag as as well to me you know um but we've seen it before where people sort of make a distance between the the victim and themselves you know but it just it makes no sense where she's trying to take this um to move the blame away from her yeah, right. Well, the detective then asks an even more direct question and just listen to how Janaya answers. Do you get fentanyl delivered from China? I have, I know, I don't know anything about fentanyl. Okay. I don't know. If I got that question, I would be thinking, well, they've checked my postal delivery history, but she tried to answer that three ways before she got a sentence out. She certainly did. Now, I have to say, if they asked me, did I get stuff from China, I would have to say yes 15 times a day because I am a big <laughs> to AliExpress and Wish. Um, so it could be anything in my parcels. But, yeah, you, you you spotted the perfect thing there. You know, she is trying to answer the question and reconstruct it and do 12 other things at the same time. And this is often where a starter in a stressful position comes from. You know, she is stressed because now it's coming at her. She knows that the detective now knows about the drugs and what could be involved there. She's trying to tell a lie but also trying to um, steer it away from from her. And, you know, she's also a attempting to sound shocked. She, she wants to go, oh, my God, which she should have done seven questions ago. You know, so this is what culminates in um, a stutter in a highly stressful situation. Mm. So I just love when they do that sort of, you know, 19 different responses before they get the one out they're going to go with. Mm. They're very, very interesting. This is why we love your insight. The detective is now honing in on the same line of questioning. Did you ever put anything in her sippy cup other than huggy mm. juice? She's drank water. She's drank milk. She's drank Kool-Aid liquids. But have you ever put anything in there? No, I have not. Okay. Other than... I mean, because some parents will give their kids a little bit of, you know, Benadryl or something like that. So can... No, that doesn't go in a sippy cup because it's supposed to be measured out and Benadryl's not supposed to be drank. Tylenol's not supposed to be drank over a specific amount of hours. It's supposed to be one dose and that's it. Right. I agree with you. I agree with you. But people, parents... I'm not one of those people okay. or parents. Okay. That's what I'm asking. And it, it, it wouldn't be the first time. Okay. I'm just asking. But the problem, we have a problem right now. Would you 
that's safe to say that there's a problem. I mean, I have, I have, I have to figure out how this got in there because your baby is can't tell me. Terrible, but every time I hear someone say Kool Aid, I want to correct it to Flavor Aid. But maybe she actually did have <laughs> Kool Aid. That's just me showing off my um, Jim Jones knowledge. But <laughs> seriously, there was a t- change there from the detective. His voice actually seemed to soften, Amanda. Yeah, it did. And that's an interesting point because what's now happened is that he is now the advocate for the baby. He has mm. taken that away from the mother. She no longer has that right in, in his eyes. If she said, yeah, I've, I've, I've given the the baby some better job before, people have done it. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's very few people out there who don't think this baby needs a good night's sleep and they've given them, you know, something like that. And But she denies that. But at the same time, he knows that she's had fentanyl delivered to the house. He knows that she's taken it. They have child services involved in this family because of a history of drug taking and things like that. So the fact that um, he is now taking that away from her, he's taking away the right of her to speak for her child is just an amazing thing to do. And he softens it because he wants to see how she responds but not get her on the back foot. Like, because she she should have realised that he's basically saying, you know, you don't deserve that baby because this is what happened. So uh, she doesn't know what has just happened to her, but he softened that for that very reason and it's just mm. that was a good tactic. Interesting. Well, Janaea sat there in silence without answering and the detective tries again and what Janaea says, well, it's just mind-blowing. Is there a reason someone would want to do that? With some, is there a reason why fentanyl would be in a sippy cup? No, there's not. And no, there's not a reason anybody would want to. The amount of fentanyl that was in her system was extremely high. Okay. It was, it, it was very high. And that's essentially when she drank the sippy cup. Whenever she picked that sippy cup off the bed, it was absorbed very quickly. And once she swallowed it, she didn't have much time to survive. That's not possible because I didn't physically see her with her sippy cup and we were at home. I was with her. I can't tell you the exact time frame, but when I got home, because mm-hmm. I went to the welfare office a little bit after I, as soon as I left school, there's no possible way. She sort of went all around the world there but didn't answer the question. No, she didn't, but there was a, a sort of weird thing that happened there. Now, she was talking about her, her day and she's done that multiple times and she's mm. even said a few things here about coming home straight from school, um, that Albert dropped, dropped them home and everything. But then she said, I went to the welfare office and she paused and then changed it and said, yeah, no, no, there's no way that she could have got the fentanyl. Something has happened in that time frame just there about going to the welfare office or going somewhere. Something happened that she realises they don't know and she wasn't going to offer. You know, it's be interesting mm. to see if the detective picked up on that. But she's now just trying to not deny anything but not confirm anything. So, you know, it's. I would love to know what's going to happen there. Okay, well, if you've been taking a shot every time sippy cup has been mentioned, well, 
you'll need to have a good lie down after this episode. But if you're also taking uh, a swig when there's a long pause, get ready. Because, Amanda, I know you love a long pause before a suspect answers, but this one may actually be a record. The sippy cup I showed you that picture of, that's the sippy cup that had it in it. Okay. 21 seconds, and he's the one who broke the silence. Yeah, I mean, people need to realise that you have a right to remain silent, and she decided to take that right then and there. Um, it's amazing. She she doesn't move. She doesn't change. She doesn't shift. Nothing. She is sit there frozen in shot without making any nuanced move at all, you know. And as you said, the detective had to break that silence because he was getting nothing out of her. She has now completely shut down. Mm. Well, with her shutting down, the detective knows that Janaya is not going to start talking. She has shut down, as Amanda said, but he's going to try anyway. I'm going to step out for a little bit, let you think about this. There's nothing to think about. Okay, well, I need to step out anyway. All right. But I, that's why I brought you here was to tell you exactly what happened and what we found. And, I mean wasn't really me that it was, you know, scientists and, you know, people at the lab that discovered all this, medical examiners, doctors. Okay. Okay, so am I under arrest? No. Why step out? What does that actually achieve? Well, we can see that she's shutting down. So by him stepping out, she we often see this. Um, suspects actually take a huge deep breath in. They sort of have that moment to to try and centre themselves and they do that because when you're in a stressful situation like that, you're not breathing. You're you're taking shallow breaths. You're you're not swallowing. There's things that happen because your, your system gets ready to extend, to um, expel a huge amount of energy. So when they're in this moment and then they're taken out of that and they're alone, they can breathe. They can sort of re-decompress and just sort of work out what's happening and where they have to go from here. You know, and with the detective then playing dumb saying, you know, it wasn't me who, who come up with this. It was the scientists. It was the doctors. I don't know anything. I'm just telling you what they've told mm. me. So he's sort of negating his own guilt in um, putting this forward to, to her. He's now playing the nice guy. No, you're not under arrest. No, you're, you're you're just going to answer our few questions because I can't prove that this happened, but that's what I've been told has happened. When she asked, am I under arrest, he jumped in and said, no, you're not. Why would he do that? Because he still thinks he might get a confession out of her. He thinks that if he keeps pushing enough, there's going to be something that she says that he can use against her. But, you know, he's just not quite sure and there is no way he is going to go in with what he's got because she has denied it. Well, she hasn't denied. Mm. She hasn't answered anything. Um, so on on what they have, it could have been either of them, her or Albert. So he doesn't have the irrefutable proof yet, but he just knows that, that child has consumed it. Right. So he tries again by saying she's not under arrest. He's hoping she will talk and, boy, does he catch her. Are there any more questions? 
I just want to know how it got in there. That's just a big question. I don't know how it got in there. This is news to me like it's news to you. If you had to guess how it got in there, is there any way, you know, any guess you could have? A manufacturing issue with the happy drinks? So you think it could have been the, the huggy? Yes. And as a matter of fact, I took a sip of those huggies and I actually, it didn't really have a, a pleasing taste to it. We tested the huggies. Mm. No fentanyl. That's a bit of a mic drop moment, isn't it? I know, right? You know, because again, you know, as the foul smells is now that these huggy drinks that she says didn't taste right, um, she still gave them to her daughter. I mean, you know, but the fact that he he says, yeah, but we tested that, she's now realizing that they are one step ahead of her. They really so are. So regardless of what she's going to say, they have the answers. So though his piece of paper is is um, is blank, he actually knows what he needs to say, and so he's just twisting everything back at her because now she's realising that this isn't just a fact-finding, this is now an interrogation. And now he's going to try and rattle her. So what are you implying? I'm, 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 I'm asking. I'm just asking straight up how it got in there. And I'm telling you straight up, I have no clue how it got in there. No clue. Is this something your boyfriend would have done? He has kids of his own. Why would he hurt my child? Um, well, there's, I mean, there's, did anyone else have access to the apartment? Maintenance people, the people who run the place. So other than the maintenance people and people that run the place, the only person that has access to it is you and um, Mr. Williams. Yes. Mm-hmm. Was any maintenance people in there recently? I wouldn't know. You wouldn't know. Does anyone, was anyone in your house that uses heroin? I wouldn't know what people's personal drugs they use. But to your knowledge? No. Did you have any people in your house that use heroin? No. Do you use heroin? No. Does your boyfriend use heroin? No. Other than smoking weed, do you do any other drugs? No. All right. Well, it's my job to find out how this got in there. Okay, at this point, like, right, this isn't going to go away. This investigation is not going away until I find out. Okay. When you find out, you let me know. I definitely will. Whoa. Not only is she shut down, she's getting sassy. She certainly is, and this is all about her self-preservation now, not, oh, my God, what has someone done to my baby? You know, it's it's nothing about that child at all. It's about her guilt or her lack of guilt that she is now focused on not, um, you know, well, they could have done the, everything. I was waiting for him to say, yes, a, a tradesman has come into your place, bought fentanyl mm. with them, went into the daughter's sippy cup in the fridge and put it in just because he <laughs> knew that he could do that. I was waiting for the detective to go there. Um, 
um, but he didn't because he just realizes that it's probably not the time to laugh and joke like I am. But um, he he just he knows that it's it's. It, it's not going anywhere that he is just going to keep trying and she is hopefully going to slip up because other than that, he has nothing to go on. Mm. Well, he then recaps everything about the afternoon and he's hoping Janaya might say something to correct him. Any further questions? Um, You already told me she was acting fine. She She wasn't sick. You guys got home, you take a nap. We fall asleep together on the couch. Social where the Urban League lady comes, you take her into her bedroom. She falls asleep in there. Urban lady leaves. She was asleep before I put oh, her. Oh, she was still asleep. She stayed asleep. Urban lady left. And you went to check on her, and that's when you found she was unresponsive. And there was that pink sippy cup on her bed. And you called 911. Police showed up first, and then the medics. Correct? I know you showed up first, honestly. Okay. He's getting nowhere, Amanda. Yeah, he is. That's that's absolutely right. But at the same time, she's also trying to, um, again, verify what she's saying. So she says, you know, I don't know who, who turned up first, honestly. She doesn't need to add that honestly. So, again, it's something that she's trying to um, go over in case she's wrong or, or in case she's right. Um, and so it's interesting that, that, that she's still trying to convince him of things like that. Um, but there's no fight. There's, she is just going to be combative and there is nothing else that's going to happen. Mm. Well, after another long pause, the detective breaks the silence once more. I just, I really want to know why your baby had that large amount of fentanyl in her. What to? I mean, she was enough to kill a very large animal. There's no way my daughter could have got into any type of fentanyl. I agree with you. I agree. I think someone, just like a bartender, mixes up a drink, put it in that sippy cup. That's the only possible way it could have got in there. Is there any more questions, officer, detective? Do you agree with me? I'm not agreeing because I um who would do that to a child? That's what I, I, a, no a really 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 messed up person. Thing. Really messed up person would do that. There's no possible way. Well, got in there somehow. And the amount of fentanyl she had could have killed probably two horses. That was in her system. Okay. Any more questions? No. Am I under arrest? No. Can I go? Sure. He tried calling a name, saying whoever did this is messed up. Although it was indirectly, it didn't break her, Amanda. 
No, and he wanted to go further, but we can he- hear him sort of stutter over his own thoughts there as well because he's just trying to say, you know, because I think you're an awful person and things like that, but he knew that he couldn't go there. Um, you know, but it's just she's not even upset. She's angry about herself being in this situation, mm. but she's not going to say that she didn't do it. It's so weird how she um, uh, uh constructed her, her answers to a lot of these things. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Well, Janaya Pratt was eventually arrested and charged with Charlotte's death. Though she denied putting anything in the toddler's cup, the lethal dose would have killed her within minutes and without anyone else in the house at the time, it was, according to the DA, obvious that only Janaya could have done it. In June 2019, 24-year-old Pratt faced trial where Judge Mark Tranquilli said, I find you to be a callous, cold-hearted and remorseless person. She was found guilty of the lesser charge of involuntary manslaughter and was sentenced five to ten years in prison. Amanda, what a case. And it just shows, doesn't it, that people will lie through their teeth when they are trapped. Do you think there's something different the investigating officer could have done to get a confession out of her or was that never going to come? I think it was never going to come purely because they couldn't prove who had put the contents into the sippy cup. But as you said, it would have killed her so quickly that she would have had to consume a, a, a large enough swallow of it to actually hit it. So it's, their timeline suggests that, as you said, it was Janaya that did it. But they were never 100% sure, but they had enough from her not denying it, from not from her not showing any grief about her, her daughter's death. All of that sort of played into this cold and callous person who who did this to to their child. Um, they they actually said that the amount that the child consumed was a thousand doses for a human. So wow. two horses it could have killed. Wow. So and that's what she consumed. Like the cup wasn't empty. So you know which is why they could instantly t- test it and, and know that that's where it came from. So it's it's interesting that um, it went the way that it did. But I don't think they would have got anything else without breaking her. Mm. Okay, fascinating stuff, Amanda Howard. As always, thank you for your insights. Uh, It's always fascinating to hear what you've got to say. And for more and for early access, go to patreon.com slash mwmconfessions or subscribe to the video version of this podcast at mwm.uscreen.io. I'm Rob McKnight. That was Amanda Howard. We will see you next week for another fascinating case. Bye, Amanda. Bye. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. <laughs> 